Deathwatch. Okay, welcome back. So at the end of last session, um, you were all in a battle, most of you quite wounded. Um, uh, Fenrith is not here today, so I will be controlling his character and also describing what takes place for the benefit of the listener, uh, and so that we might remember, so we can tell Fenrith, so he knows what he's done. No. What, what he must pay for when he returns. Uh, so he had been separated uh, from the rest of the group through a fear spell. And when he came to his senses, um, he started making his way through this complex across some tracks that ran over a, a stream of lava. And then after an easy battle against some bugbears, uh, at the following the call of Corallon Larathian, his deity, he had made his way to a section of this complex where he found a bell on an altar that was clearly, um, based on its markings, clearly a religious uh, item, icon, for the original dwarven inhabitants of this area. So he had rung the bell, and that sound had emanated and washed over everyone throughout the entire complex. And, And don't remember specifically if I described it as a beautiful sound and no matter how loud it was, it didn't cause any pain to your ears, but um, that's what it sounds like. There uh, was a tiny little golden rock hammer on the altar that he used to ring that bell. So that's where we're going to pick back up then. That sound washes over all the rest of you. Um, You don't know where it came from because it seems to come from all directions at once. But <clears throat> this sound, as it uh, moves through the complex and uh, echoes and bounces off the walls, it seems to have a, uh, a physical manifestation. You can actually feel it as it washes over and through you. And in the blink of an eye, you feel yourself uh, energized and um, you feel honestly, better than you can ever remember feeling. As this uh, sound washes over you, you feel a power surging through you. And as you watch your wounds instantly stitch themselves closed, uh, items are repaired, armor stitches itself back together. And um, for those of you who can cast spells, uh, to your amazement, um Though you had been fatigued and gone through most of them, suddenly you find that well, that reserve renewed once again. And this allows you to uh, call to mind any any spell that you would like to have prepared. Uh, conversely, this sound has an, clearly a negative effect on your enemies, though you can't determine exactly what that effect is. The way that they blanch and the way that they um, sort of squirm in in place and the expressions on their faces of the ones you can see make it clear that this is a very uncomfortable occurrence for them. Whether it does any sort of damage, you can't say, but uh, you can see them, <clears throat> those of them that have hands, uh, clutching their ears, trying to block the sound out, but to no avail. 
And as quickly as that sound appeared, it is gone. And now you find yourselves re-energized and renewed, but still in a fight. So in this room where the beholder floats lazily in the air, um, there is a some section in the center from which emanate, emanates a, uh, a red light. And above that, about 20 feet, is a platform that goes in a, a square shape around the um, machines that surround this hole. And on that platform in the center, which extends over towards the middle of that uh, area where this light comes from, there's a wizard or a sorcerer and uh, some hobgoblin prisoners that are being cast off of that platform into what you no doubt deduced is flame of some sort uh, at regular intervals as the um, as the sorcerer uh, reaches a certain point in his ongoing incantation. So um, Rohan had been firing shots at the beholder, and then he retreated back around the corner, and there was another sorceress who was floating in the air, flying about, um, casting spells, and she had created a wind wall to keep your Rohan's arrows from penetrating uh, that area. And the golems had reawoken and had been assisting in the fight, <clears throat> and so now Rohan and Casimir have a golem near them in the juncture where those tracks all meet outside that room. And there had been a fight with some devils that was uh, that were handily defeated by this golem. Now, Graham, you had made your way stealthily to the stairs that lead up to this platform where this sacrifice has taken place. And uh, you're right at the top of these steps so that you can just barely peek over the top and see down that platform. And you can tell that that sorcerer that's doing those incantations is invisible, but you can see him thanks to the vision granted to you by Bloodtooth. Now, something odd has occurred since you heard that sound, Graham. Once again, um, without warning, you feel the struggle take place in blood in, in your mind where Bloodtooth resides. And you feel a, a, a petulant resentment almost as the, the general personality of Bloodtooth seems to be pushed aside and replaced by one much more, uh, almost benevolent in comparison, one with a, a soft humor to it and a bemusement at uh, the world that it looks out over. But, uh, that overlays a steely resolve and a disgust for the evil actions that are taking place up here. And if you remember, when you had first arrived to this particular part of the world, um, while struggling with the magic appearing and disappearing, uh, you had felt this presence there and had precipitated that vision of a silver dragon on the moon. And so you recognize this personality as whoever that was. And there had been a time uh, where he had been the dominant personality within Bloodtooth, but he's been quiet for a long time, but now he's uh, risen to take control. And he feels an intense disgust and a sorrow that's near 
too much for your heart to bear as he watches what takes place out there. So that's what's going on with all of you. And it was actually, we ended this on the beholder's turn. So that's, that's what, uh, what'll be happening here. It'll be the beholder's turn. So you can hear him shouting some orders, um, uh, demanding that the ritual continue no matter what and, uh, calling for the interlopers to be destroyed and, uh, also, almost offhandedly shouts and find that dwarf. Now you guys, um, so I guess Casimir, you're the only one that can see him really, except for Graham, but you do see him float off in towards the West out of, uh, I think out of sight, right? Can you still see him? Uh, no. Yeah. So he floats off to the West out of sight. Um, all right. So, uh, but you, you and Rohan both here down this tunnel that Rohan's hiding in where those devils appeared. You hear a new voice shouting orders and demanding, uh, for someone to charge. And the language is that elven dialect that you're, that you can understand, but just barely. But the intent, the, the commands convey the message of that you should fear me more than you fear them. And um, so that's what you hear from that direction. Although you still don't see anybody quite yet. All right. Uh, let's see. Let me get something on here. When that bell rang, did it reset our spells that were active? Yes, it did, by the way. So, you know, um, I see. So, Graham, your haste should be reset to full. Oh, I was asking if it removed them. No, no. Okay. No. Because I believe me and Justin should both have seen visibility for a half hour. Mm-hmm. That's I, true, you I, do. And yeah. I should have haste for eight rounds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks for reminding me. <coughs> you do have C and visibility. Let me just add that so we don't forget. Um, how many rounds is a half hour? 150? What is it? Oh, man. What is it? 180. Mind went blank on how many freaking seconds the round is. Um, and what else, isn't it? Casimir? Did yeah. you say? Um, I should have haste eight uh, rounds. That's and the max. Longer than we're yeah, that's mine. Being combat, I hope. And then <laughs> I, I don't know what else Justin has um, on him. So. I just have uh, the bark skin, which it still has two hundred ninety-five rounds left. So I think I'm okay there. Okay. All right. So let me get. Some guys on the map here. What? The anticipation is killing me. For what? I hear him clicking and clicking and clicking and adding enemies and adding uh-huh. enemies. And well, There's also a bunch of slaves, too. I still can't see anything. A bunch of sacrifices that need to be added. So I'm just waiting for that beholder to like pop in right behind me. And Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Thought I had him on there already, but so that's what you hear, and that'll bring us to your turn, Casimir. All right. Um, I forget if we can see the uh, the uh, sacrifices and the caster from our height. Right. So um, <clears throat> from your height, you would be able to see the f- flying sorceress, okay. but you would not. Uh, the front edge of the platform would block you from seeing the middle platform if that makes sense so is it like below 
it's above. So where you are, you'd be looking up okay. at an angle and that platform's in the way, the front edge there. All right. So we need to get up. Hmm. I'll move over to where Rohan is. Okay. And uh, they're calling for a charge. Yeah. Someone had said basically that. I guess I'll actually stand in front of them and I'll ready my, my trident uh, for a charge and we'll see if that happens. Okay, so from uh, from there, when you pull up next to Rohan, you both do see, thanks to your sea invisibility spell, the barbed devil crouched down there around the corner. All right. <laughs> but that's all you see so far. Yeah, that's my turn. I hate those things. <laughs> it's not as bad as the other one. The barbed devil? Oh, wait, that is the other yeah, one. Yeah, that huh? is the other one. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one that almost killed me a while back. And then keeps teleporting away after causing significant damage to us. Well, I got no problem with that. Okay, Rohan, that brings us to you. Okay, so let's see here. I think I'm going to cast Entangle. I got to close some windows to be able to see everything here. Um, Good old Entangle. Yep. So 40 foot radius. <coughs> let's try and put it a little farther out than that. So, let's start where I can see. So, that's about as far as I can do. Okay, so yeah, I'll do Entangle there. Okay. Um, the only enemy I can see is the Barbed Devil. So, if there are any more in there, we'll need to do the targeting on them. And why is, Oh, it shows me still targeting the Beholder. So, let's clear all targets. Target the Barbed Devil. And cast. So yeah, just anything moving through there is half speed and has a chance of being entangled once around. Reflex DC 14. It's not, not too difficult. Okay, let me sort that out then. Okay. Alright. Pretty good spell for slowing things down from getting you, even if it gives me just one extra round of firing at them. Yeah, it's helped us out lots of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not too bad for Really low-level spell. Yeah, there's a couple of them that are pretty good at uh, those levels. Like Obscuring Mist has really saved us. Unfortunately, I think True Sight basically does away with Obscuring Mist. Does it? Uh, I thought it physically... It's like an evocation spell, isn't it? Physically creates the mist? Physically does it, but you have to be deep enough in it. Right. Right. For the concealment. Yeah. So if you're like on the edge and you're getting that like 20% miss chance, yeah. they just don't care about that. So five foot between, right? Yeah. But I believe uh, darkness might be completely undone by true sight because they can see in dark as well with that, I believe. <sighs> yeah, that's why I had a real tough time choosing between displacement and blink is because technically blink is better because you're actually exiting this plane. Yeah. yeah. But there's that mischance. Yeah. And the way I roll and the way all <laughs> of us roll, 20% would probably pop up way too much. I'll wait to say something until after we finish this session. But Why? Well, he's been pretty lucky so far on oh. his 10%. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> for his spell failure. He had to run there, I think, for a couple of sessions where it I've yeah. lost a couple. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so um Ron, you cast that uh entangle and you can see that uh vines of various sorts and thorns start sprouting from the walls and the floor and 
Um, they don't, they don't seem to wrap themselves around that devil, but you can hear a little bit of cursing further down the tunnel. That made it all worthwhile then, as long as I piss someone off. Do I got to worry about burning these away? I don't think you can. Okay. But I'll double check in the, in the spell. All right. So go ahead and remove your circle there. Put entangle on the map so it can be seen. And so that's what you see. All right. So you're, you, you're both looking at that barb devil then. Um, and you hear that loud tearing followed by sort of a scream and then it, it disappears. One of these days we'll remember. What is it? It's not anchor, anchor uh, dimensional anchor. It's uh, which one stops the teleportation? Tele- not dimensional anchor, is it? That's just interplanar. Although that would, well, keep it from going back to its own plane. Well, it might. Let's see. So dimensional anchor works against blink, which is a good thing to. <laughs> it works against teleport as well. Dimensional door jaunt. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even cast it yet. No, I was like, no, I can. It's fourth level. I'll have to start preparing it. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Is that the, did the devil do that or did he just get pulled? Like, is that what's happening when they die? What? They're teleporting? No, that's like how they're... Coming in? Well, that's just the description when they suddenly leave the space due to teleportation. That's or... just what I'm describing their teleport as sounding like. But, you know, they can teleport at will. Nice. No uh, components on that either. Just verbal and somatic. <laughs> Dimensional anchor. <laughs> oh, I wonder if that would work. They have a... I'm guessing it's in... Oh, it's in Complete Mage. There's a a spell that suppresses all spells from a particular school in an area mm. for a certain amount of time. Okay, so... Um, <clears throat> to return... What do we have here? I need to get a feat that lets me use power attack with touch spells. <laughs> Gotta touch you so hard. <laughs> oh, some people are real jerks on their DMs. Oh yeah. Anytime I go reading like a like a how to deal with X player, yeah, you get to see them all come out of the woodwork. Your player should never be in an opportunity to use sneak attack. <laughs> Shut it down. Okay, so, Rohan, quite suddenly a swarm of bats appears. Uh-oh. And this is a ten-foot space they take up, and they're flying about madly. I hate swarms. Um, in all directions and, you know, bouncing off the ceiling and the floor and all that. But they do move towards you. Mm. What's the DC reflex on your fireball? Mm. What was it, third level? 17? I think I could do that. I don't really have much to fight against a swarm with. I may need you to fireball me. That's pretty dang close to me. have to aim it out a bit. Yeah, I doubt you're going to piss off the golem. I don't know if I'd risk it. (laughs) Because I don't know how much Casimir knows about golems. I'd have to do an int check on that. Arcana, or Arcana. Yeah, Yeah, we definitely don't want to turn it against us. Yeah, so that's in your space there. Let me... And those are the ones that just do automatic damage when they're in your sphere, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny when you think about it, because this is probably closer to what the rats under the inn quest would be like. 
yeah. is you'd be fighting a bunch of swarms, which would just mess up a level one. <laughs> There's a commoner's day off. Take care of these rats in, in my inn. <laughs> Go down there. There's dozens of stripped bones from previous <laughs> attempts. <laughs> I was Although technically like just one or two alchemist fires should be able to take care of a rat swarm. Oh yeah. It's just that most level ones don't have that like readily available. They'd yeah. have to yeah. roll high on their starting gold and spend it all on one <laughs> flask or something. How much are they? I think you can also do uh damage with a torch, can't you? Well, you could throw oil down. Yeah. That's pretty cheap. It's so. also like the starting starting go to like we need to deal with these enemies. So yeah. every every adventure starts with a keg of oil and a torch. <laughs> Fifty gold for alchemist fire. Yeah, there's um uh, rat swarms or rat packs are really deadly seeming in Call of Cthulhu as well. Yeah. They do like two D six when you're engulfed by them. And I'm like, well, it's gonna kill an investigator. Like it was really hard for me to do they also have sand drain too? To see the rat pack? No, not really. It's it's just an environmental. Like there was one, there was supposed to be one that I was that was in a scenario we played, but I axed it because I was like, I just, I didn't seem like it play right. If I was like, okay, you do the thing, and out comes the rat rat pack, and now you're either dead or you're out with a major wound, right? Yeah. Unless it rolls lucky. So I don't know. Seeing someone get crittered suddenly right. <laughs> and become a skeleton, has some sand on. Yes. But maybe it fits because there's supposed to be lots of those types of creatures in areas where the mythos is going on. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Rohan, so you take five bat damage, <laughs> little bat tooth damage, and uh, it also has the effect of wounding. So you'll take an additional damage each round just from that. Let me see. Did it put it on there automatically? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, alchemist fire is one scale male. You're right. <laughs> no, it doesn't doesn't look like it's an effect on there. Huh. Says my status is wounded in yeah. the tracker. That's by a single use item for that much at the start. Okay. But anyway, so that's what that's what happens there. You got these bats shrieking and flapping everywhere like crazy in your space. Um Behind it all, the elven sorcerer continues his loud incantations. <clears throat> so, Graham, you've just got your head peeked out over the corner, or just over the platform there, and you can see this halfling riding his warg, his warg, and he starts heading off in this direction along the platform. I can't see him. You should be able to see him about now. Oh, okay. He's got uh, his sling out, and he's whirling around, but he's his head, he's... His eyes are looking towards the south there where you can hear your companions in their combat. And your move, Graham. So you said there was an invisible savage elf priestess on yeah. this platform with the hobgoblins? Or is she the one I can see to the south? No, oh, you, okay. you should see it now. Uh, what's she doing? Is she this focused is on something? Oh, okay. He's the one doing the incantation. So he's got a staff and his head's bent over in deep concentration and he's intoning some sort of incantation. <clears throat> well, I'm probably going to. Now, <clears throat> and it's got this line of hobgoblins 
one of which is standing right on the edge there, just sort of hunched over and uh, accepting their fate. I'm probably going to alert them no matter what. So I'll just five foot up. Or if I got the line from there, maybe I'll just do it from there. Cancel that. Okay. No, five foot. Sorry. I don't want three full range increments. Well, that does remind me, um, because you threw blood tooth before last yeah. game session. And um, <clears throat> my memory is no good anymore, so I don't remember if I ever said this or just thought it and then decided that means I had communicated it. But from the very beginning, my intention was that Bloodtooth's range increments would be the same as a short spear, not a dagger. Okay. Because he, he, he can take the shape of whatever weapon. He just prefers the dagger. But originally, your hero weapon was a short spear. Which has a 20-foot range increment. Okay, so yeah, I can stay back. Sorry about that. Um, So you're looking at this guy. He's doing his incantations, and you're thinking about what to do, and that's when um, Bloodtooth, but, but not whoever is in control of him now, that other entity that resides in that weapon, just sort of gives a gentle, uh, almost like a, soft clearing of the throat sort of reminder and it flashes in your head that as a matter of fact it appears that that sound whatever it was has recharged the ring of ram mm. <laughs> this is a good one that's a line right or is it just a touch attack it's been a while since i had to look at it after reading the description of the swarm i am much more terrified of them now yeah, because it's like a bunch, ain't it? 5,000 bats in a bat swarm. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't sound fun. Yeah, that's that's a lot of bats. That is a lot of bats. <laughs> yeah, so you command it to give ram-like force, vaguely to blah, blah, blah. Force strikes a single target, dealing 1d6 points of damage if one charge, 2d6 if two, 3d6 if three. It's a ranged attack with a 50-foot maximum range and no penalties for distance. But it's a considerable force, and those struck our subject to a bull rush if within 30 feet of the ring where now the ram has a strength 25 and is large. If I ring of ram the elf off into the sacrifice area, does it count against there? <laughs> Let's just do it. Do you get sneak attack on that, or is it? Technique. Yeah. Yeah, well it's a good question. I do get it on ranged attacks if they're within thirty feet. And it is a targeted attack. What's your call, Brandon? One second. It's that potentially knock her off sneak attack or I can throw two daggers for two sneak attacks. And maybe if he's concentrating with that much damage. He'll break it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, well, Hopefully you'd kill him. Right. If not, you now have an angry sorcerer who's going to have to start chanting all over again. <laughs> uh, why did you do that, fellow savage elf? <sighs> I'm savage. Yes. Yeah, I'm ruling you can use sneak attack for that. Let's see. If a rogue can catch an opponent when he's unable to defend himself effectively, she can strike a spot for extra damage. Anytime her target would be denied a dexterity bonus to AC or when the rogue flanks her target. 
Ranged can count as sneak attacks only if targets within 30 feet. Yeah. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be able to. Okay, so let's make a ranged attack. So hang on before you do that. All right, go for it. Okay, that's that's a hit. Oh, sorry. I totally forgot to tell you how many points I wanted to spend. Well, how many? Let's do the max. Okay. So, what was that, 3d6? I don't have it set up. I don't think I I, uh, used it when we started setting things up this way. That's all right. Just roll the damage and I'll apply it. So here's the ring damage. <laughs> and the sneak attack part, which will apply. And then bull rush, right? Yeah. So for three, I have a strength of 29 and I count. All right. So then your ring and this guy will make opposed strength checks. You add a plus four for being large. The the ram is large. And that's it. So a post strength check with a plus four to you and your your strength for that is twenty-five. Yeah. Twenty-nine. <laughs> right. Okay, here's that roll. Nice. Alright. And he got no, that's not. He got a fifteen. So you beat his strength check and push him back five feet. If you wish to move with, you can't. That doesn't work here. But he can move him back five feet. So there's like a squawk as uh, you use this ring and you hear this powerful um, boom and he's knocked off the platform. Yeah, and uh, realizing that shouting out, out my catchphrase would give me away. What happened was you got a close-up of Graham's face and, you know, all the noise of the battle faded to nothing. And I was like, power up, and then did the thing. (laughs) Okay. And, um, (laughs) yeah, so I got a move action left. Yeah. Let's make myself a target. I'll move up to these hobgoblins and be like, follow me, the (laughs) savage elf-appearing bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I'll work on getting that of ram set up all right okay so that's your turn all right so then in entangle if they're not entangled they still only move at half speed right for your spell rohan yep okay well if they're fully entangled then they're stuck there if they're if they if they're not entangled if they're not entangled then it's half yeah okay which will stop them from charging you at least i know it always happens that way. Yeah. Now, counterside stops you from attacking them. But it's their turn. They're not entangled, but they're going to move. So they have to do the save again, if I remember right. Um, yeah. Once every round, they they need to make it or be entangled. Uh, well, what I was alluding to is the fact every time I'm ready for a charge, uh, if something goes where the charge is either not happening or. <laughs> yeah. Well, better than that. Ready for a charge like we did with that bear. And then we just critical fail. (laughs) Oh, best laid plans. Well, what was better was it was like we were still new enough where we weren't really planning yet. And so that was our first plan that we kind of did, our little baby plan. It failed horribly. (laughs) 
And then I think that kind of set us back for a couple of years on planning. (laughs) Planning didn't work. We're never going to do it again. Yeah. What's the point? I think we killed the bear fairly easy though. Yeah. But we were just super spooked going into it. Yeah. Because weren't we like level two or level three at that point? So the bear could could easily kill one person in and around without if they like really got a hold of them. Yeah. These days, though, I can't even remember which system we were in. That was the Wheel of Time one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I thought, but I couldn't quite remember if it was tail end of Wheel of Time or beginning of D&D. But I think you're right. I think it was Wheel of Time. I think we even, like, fudged some rules in it so that other people were aiding mm-hmm. on, on it. I don't know if that's fudging, though, technically. You can aid someone else in their attack. Had kobolds do it to us a bunch of times, little yeah. bastards. Yeah, but I think we were stacking it weird. Well, we—I I think you probably could get us on that. We weren't delaying it, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you'd want to do it that way or something like that. Um, no, it could have been that uh, we were all on the spear <laughs> <laughs> as part of the aid instead of like uh, you know I don't know how you'd aid someone ready for a charge. Maybe get the bear to try to go towards the spearmen. So, um, Rowan and Casimir, you see this uh, golem turn and start stomping off this way. I guess he doesn't like bats either. Yeah. Did that say mailed bugbear number 38? Mm-hmm. We killed that many of them? Well, there is a reason why they don't want to <clears throat> mess with us too hard. Okay, yeah. so Fenrith has uh, rung this bell and... Uh, Felt that sound go through him and, and felt the spells and the power of Corallon return to him. And as he sets the rock hammer down, as the sound dies out, he starts hearing um, a sound of something approaching from behind him. So he turns and readies himself for battle. Um, let's see. Let me make some rolls here. Listen. Ah, nice. Do you want me to fireball at your feet, Justin? No, I'm I'm going to use my bow. Okay. I was going to say, because, like, you know, we got some room. That works out for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I can handle it because my bow has elemental damage on it. I think it's just the, the direct piercing damage that gets really dropped. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of like the idea. Do you have the visual of my arrows going through and, you know, maybe hitting a couple of the thousands of bats, but the lightning streaming out and bug zapping him? Yeah, spider webbing through everything. All right. I'm just wanting you to know if things get a little too hinky with this swarm, though. I'm just going into the rocks. Yeah, if I can't take care of it in one or two rounds, then just scorched earth the, the entire zone. Okay. Okay. So let's get. Casimir, now it's your turn. So um, you've got this swarm, and uh, up ahead you could see a couple bugbears making their way through all the uh, undergrowth and the brambles. Um, it looked to you like as they pushed their way through, the two that you can see, um, one of them managed to get entangled and stop moving, but the other one so far is not. Both of these are... Uh, bugbears with uh, morning stars and shields. Okay. <clears throat> but your move. All right. Um, 
I will move action, put away the scroll that I had readied, I believe, last game session, and then I will cast... What are we going to cast? Shield, I believe, we'll start with on myself. So let's get a... Thank God. Okay, yeah, so it goes off, and that's my turn. Okay. All right, so you got shield on you. Okay. Yeah. All right, Rohan, your turn. So you've got these um, bats flapping and flying all around you, so you need to give me a... Um, what are you doing there? Oh, I was just making sure I had it set up right. Oh, okay. So, uh, Rohan, <clears throat> uh, from you I need a fortitude save. Fortitude. Okay, so go ahead. And so I'm going to five-foot step out of the swarms area. And then unleash a full volley of arrows, kind of spaced out throughout the swarm. Okay. So that um, it takes as many of them as, as can. So it looks like three hit. And then that should have rolled. One, two, three. Okay. So yeah, just kind of letting the magic on my arrows do their work. I just... Yeah, your target where they kind of clump and okay, send them through. Yeah, so you send these arrows flying through that swarm, and the electricity zaps, and um, they just start dropping onto the floor. Uh, but effectively, that dissipates that swarm. It kills enough of them that the rest just sort of float, you know, flap off out of out of the area. Okay, and yeah, that's my turn. Okay. There are probably a couple bat shish kebabs on the opposite wall. Yeah. Maybe. And like through and through on a bat's probably pretty good. Like, yeah. Unless the bat was like right up against the wall when the arrow slammed into it and then disappears back to your bag, right? True. Yeah. All right. So as Fenrith stands ready for um, whatever's approaching him. Um, a barbed devil charges him from around the corner, swinging claws at him. So let me get... I hate those things so much. I think I'd still rather fight them than the... Uh, what are they? Uh, the, like, astral salamander egg layers. Slans? The slod. Yeah. Slod, yeah. I mean, that's some Cthulhu... Uh, uh, body horror stuff going on there. I don't like it. Yeah, anything that can summon more of its own kind is giant pain. At least they've made it where the summons can't summon. Yeah, they can't chain it. Especially when you have, like, the barbed devil can summon several bearded devil. Mm -hmm. And then if it couldn't chain, then the bearded devil could summon several lesser demons. And, yeah, you'd be able to flood the field and... When, Two rounds. Would it be Chitin after Bearded? And then was that uh, Imp what? after that? Um, no, it looks like Bearded ones summon the lemurs. Mm. Just the little ones. But holy cow, 2d10. Mm -hmm. All right, so Graham, after you knocked that uh, sorcerer off the edge there, this uh, flying sorceress down to the south, she seems to hear because she spins. And gives a shout of anger as she approaches. So, 
Um, Does my appearance give her any pause at all? Doesn't seem to. Illusions. (laughs) (laughs) It's an old story. goes all the way back to Rundar. So she's a little above you, up in the air a bit, and um, she sees that you are trying to interact with these hobgoblins, and she shouts, no, and she casts a spell. (laughs) If it's a will save, just tell me what you want me to do. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like a spell with Grim. Oh, okay. Sorry, hobgoblins, I gotta sacrifice you. No, it it doesn't. It's not a spell that um, affects you. Uh, instead, a uh, a wall, a force, blocks your path back down that stairwell. How dare she? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> it's invisible, but as she casts it, and it takes place. You see that like translucent, um, sort of like looking through glass that gives away that it's there. Once it's in place, you can't see it anymore. But you know that there's a wall. Uh, blocking off that path for you. Okay. So that's what she does. Soon you'll hear the ancient battle call of Ram, of Grim, Ring of Rim. Power up. <laughs> I've missed that. <laughs> okay, so then let's see, he I have to do a concentration to see if he can manage it. But he doesn't, so you hear a uh, loud scream as this um, sorcerer who was doing an incantation has now fallen into the molten flame, the flames below, Graham. It occurs to me that that could happen to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just lay flat on the ground. Hey, hobgoblins, it's kind of dangerous to be out here. <laughs> what are you out here for? Getting sacrificed? <laughs> That doesn't sound fun. So, and then you see the um, <clears throat> that halfling on the ward doesn't seem to have noticed what's going on over there. The noise is too great, or he's focused on something else. Because you see him, that ward just hop down off of that platform and land twenty feet on the ground below, and uh, move off this direction, uh, slinging a stone off that way. You can't see what what's going on over there, but he's obviously. Slinging a stone that direction. So now these hobgoblins, they, um, now they're crouched down in even more fear for whatever reason. Um, looking at you and darting their eyes around. Looks like they've, it's, it's like this is the first time they've actually did any thinking in a long while. <laughs> but, uh, Graham, it's your turn. <clears throat> I'll let it not occur to me for a little bit. Ah, it's blocked the way back. Uh, excuse me, coming through. Where was the? There was those supports holding this platform up. Was it the southern one or the northern one that had the opening? The northern one, right? So, like here? No, no, no. It was um, on the supports for the outer platform. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, let me. So right here. Cancel that. I don't know if you can see that marker. Yeah, but this platform separated from those ones, right? Yeah, so the platform you're on, the only connection is this way or this Beyond way. the wall of force? No, 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 you wouldn't. It just, you can't see it on the map, but you can go this way to get to the outer platform or this way to get to the outer platform. Oh, I think I can kind of see it. Yeah, the lighting makes it hard because it's 
Okay. Sort of transparent so we could see everything. But yeah, that's how you would get to the um, outer section. Well, I'll speak Elven since that's the uh, <clears throat> the most common language or most success I've had communicating with other creatures. And uh, I'll tell them to follow me and I'll grab, I guess, the cr- one of the crouched ones and try to get them to stand up. Okay. And that uh, will probably take my, my whole turn. And then at the end of my turn, when I look at my hand and such, I'll realize that I still appear like a savage elf. Yeah, you do. But luckily, um, it, it seems to have a good effect on them because they immediately obey you. Like they don't give any resistance whatsoever. And I'll set my dodge against the elven sorceress. That pop obscuring mist up here if it did, wouldn't lead to disaster, I'm sure. <laughs> Bunch of scared hobgoblins stumbling into the... Well, technically the best thing to happen right now is for all the hobgoblins to be killed before they can be sacrificed because the spell's broken. Yeah, I think Brandon... Oh, that's true. Because now it won't so much matter if they fall down there. <laughs> oh, how dare you suggest such a thing, Casimir? I never thought I was, but Fenris, back in the the village with the giants, said we're heroes. And the most heroic thing we can do right now, for the greater good, of course. <laughs> Not the greater good. Well, this would be the ultimate... Uh person standing on the minecart rail and the minecart coming at them. Uh, <laughs> you know, do you kill these few hobgoblins here? You know, so. Yeah, Graham would just fill all those because they'll be yeah. like, your buddies. They're my friends. Yeah, and he'd be like, I, that's my friend. I don't know the other three people. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I gotta wonder if there's ever been a term that's caused so much evil in the world as the greater good. Yeah, it's one of those where I always wonder, you know, like, uh, if it's actually just a like a sociopath test. I think that's the right one. Yeah. yeah. Your kids on the on the train or on the the railway, and there's a group of other people. Of course, you save the other. No, no, my kids on the railway. I'm throwing mm-hmm. that switch. There's people getting <laughs> mowed down right there. Yeah. I mean, like, who who would mow down their own child? Right. I think that's why they usually say, you know, you flip the switch and it kills the conductor of the train. or Rather than somebody, you know, so yeah. it's, it's a bunch of people you don't mm-hmm. know. I always want to know what's further down the track, right? So you, you flip it, the one person dies, or the conductor in this case, but now, like, where's he going? Are we, like, in the middle of a Batman scenario where he's got some sort of bomb that's going to turn everything into... <laughs> yeah, the one that I always heard was... If you flip the switch, then the train derails mm. and crashes and the conductor dies or it continues on down the tracks and hits. I've never heard that version because that seems a little too like easy out. Yeah. Right. I don't know the conductor. Yeah. I'm going to flip the switch. and I've heard uh, instances where you are the conductor. Yeah. <laughs> and the only way to stop yourself is to travel back in time <laughs> and shoot your mom in the stomach. Oh, that's going to get clipped. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah, if you're the conductor, you ramp it up to 88 miles an hour and hope the flux capacitor works before you hit the people. Well, I think that is the problem with those sorts of greater good things is because you're creating a hypothetical situation so you can kind of control all the elements, but yeah, 
in the real world, you have unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. So it's really, who knows what you're going to do in a moment like that. If I'm the conductor, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, pulling a gun to try to save someone or yourself and, you know, you you cap the bad guy, but you hit the kid down the street or something. I think about those Medal of Honor winners. Usually there's a ton of them that would throw themselves on a grenade or something like that. So they weren't there to receive their Medal of Honor, right? Yeah, (laughs) there was that one that did. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently he recovered pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I forget where I was watching some YouTube video and they were talking about it, but like he, uh, oh, what was it? Like he snuck into the military at like, well, no, he didn't sneak in, but he got in at like 14 or something. I want to know what recruiter looked at him and was like, seems legit. In the middle of war. Vietnam. Yeah. I think well, my dad got in when he was 17. I think this was yeah. uh, one. The one. Oh, was it? Yeah, World Probably War Probably even easier. Oh, no, two. <laughs> two, because like, it's D-Day. 17 to 18. Right. I mean, just that, on the that's cusp. hard to tell. Yeah. But like a 14-year-old, they looks look, like he, yeah. did, he should be in elementary school. I think I'm a little foggy on it, but I think he actually got the uh, do some jail time or join up option, <laughs> which was pretty pretty big back then. Yeah. 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 Uh, my dad always liked to say that because uh, I was always complaining, you know, it doesn't take a high school diploma to go die somewhere. <laughs> And he always liked to say, well, you know, once actual war picks up, they'll find out that yeah. you don't need a high school diploma to <laughs> to join, too. Yeah, that check would go away real quick. But I know yeah. that they do because, they, you know, they still do their internal testing. They have for a long time the ASVAB or whatever it's called, yep. which is just an IQ test. And I know or I've heard that they found that if you were below like 85 or something, they actually just couldn't give you a job. Yeah. I guess you could clear a minefield, but that's sort of well, a horrible thing to I've, do. I've heard some. March out your sub-85. That kind of gets into territory we don't want to go. <laughs> I've heard some stories where they might as well do that because, like, the uh, IEDs that we're coming up against yeah. can't actually harm the vehicle. People die from it flipping. Mm. So now they've made it where it won't flip them. It channels all that explosive stuff out. Mm. And so one of the people I was listening to, he's like, it was my job to go ahead of these things that these bombs couldn't hurt with a metal detector that didn't work. Yeah. (laughs) Well, listen to some of the descriptions of the types of work they would give to people that were in this category that they struggled with. I think one was like stuffing envelopes. Mm. So like folding it into the three, like one page into to fit into the envelope, like that couldn't even be done. Yeah. (laughs) I guess really what you are. That is, that is really low bar. Yeah. To not be able to do. All right. So over where Fenrith is, <clears throat> that devil had uh, assaulted him. And now he's fighting back and he's taken a couple swings with his large flaming sword and got. Um, the critical? Almost got a critical. Oh. Yeah. But unfortunately, that devil has a blink on it. But he did manage one hit through the blink. You need to find a Tarrasque. And somehow get it teleported to the level that barbed devils come from. I think they actually have no problem really taking care of it. Really? Yeah. Like technically the Tarrasque can't be killed no matter what unless the DM says that this has worked. Because yeah. they do get some theoreticals on it. But yeah, I don't think they'd have too much problem. because. And uh, that brings to him. So, um, 
Graham off where that beholder had floated away. You can hear it shouting something, but you can't make out the words. There's obviously a fight going on over there. Have we heard that the uh, chanting stopped? Yeah. Yeah, you have heard that. Although, yeah, you have heard that. But Casimir, it's your turn now, and you have heard that the chanting stopped. You've seen a a few more bugbears fighting their way towards you. But they, most of them seem to have now become entangled. So they're fighting against those, but they have moved into sight down that tunnel. Am I able to tell if the spell was finished? Uh, no. Oh. No. I'm not able or it wasn't finished? You're not able to. Okay. Um, but you got to remember, though, as you're thinking about it, this spell was pretty wild. It didn't seem to follow the rules you would expect it to. So Okay. I will target just or uh, Rohan. And I will attempt to cast haste on him. Wink. Ooh. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, eight rounds of haste on Rohan. Okay. We'll put that on there. And uh, uh, I guess I'll say that uh, I'm worried about the sudden silence from that sorcerer, Rohan. <laughs> uh, and that'll be my turn. I guess I'll five foot away after doing that and target Rohan. Hey, Dungeon Master Brandon. Yes? Uh, I wonder, you know, they've been down there casting their spells and, and whatnot. And I wonder if it'd be possible to hear, you know, the clear, strong voice required for vocal components and and whatnot. Maybe with a sufficiently high listen check. Oh, you want to know if you hear? Yeah, if I pick out Kaz, like he oh, Kazimir that? just cast haste, you know. Hmm. Uh, you're right. Let me... Um... Let me do a roll for you and see. Yes, you definitely hear Casimir's voice. Well, wait a minute. Wait just one minute. It's like minus one to my roll per 10 feet of distance, too, I think. Let me make sure there's even a... Yeah, you do hear him. Yeah, you hear Casimir down there casting a spell. It's like I hear him. He wants me to kill you, Hobgoblin. <laughs> Don't you worry. So, Rohan, we're to your turn now. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> as I dropped a fire at the bugbear, is that a sergeant? Yeah, the sergeant seems to be in the um, behind the first one. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll target the sergeant. Um, I'll I'll say to Casimir, "Do you want me to go check? Can you handle these?" Yes. And. So yeah, I'll I'll do a full attack on this round and then next round I'll Okay, so Okay, so there are the normal attacks and then the haste attack. So five hits. Five hits. Nice. One two three four. Good damages too. That's about fifty. 65 damage. How many attacks do you have with the haste one? Five. Me too. Oh, I see. So that was actually not a sergeant. You don't see a sergeant. Oh, was that just a regular one? That's a spearman. Oh, spearman. Okay. I just see bugbear S on the map. Yeah, so you let loose five arrows and they all, uh, every one hit him in the head and just completely (laughs) remove it. Uh, So now he's just standing there held up by the... uh, in, by the entangling vines with a uh, no head and spouting 
spurting blood all over the place. And I will five foot step away from the horror that I just created. <laughs> questioning myself and my morals. Just blame me because it's uh you could just say the haste is what caused that. Anything <laughs> else happen. for your turn, <laughs> Rohan? <laughs> no. I I might cry a little bit, but <laughs> Okay. Let me cast blind on myself before that happens. Don't I'll lose respect for Rohan. <laughs> So over where Fenrith is, the barbed devil presses the attack against him, um, attacking with both claws. Uh, but he's not able to penetrate Fenrith's armor with those attacks. Now this sorceress, she's flying around, and she had cast that wall, Graham. Now you see her move off in this direction, over to here. Okay. And she's up near the ceiling now. And she begins an incantation, like it seems to your ear, picking up perfectly where the other had left off before you knocked him into the fire. Um, <clears throat> also, you see that warg riding halfling reappear, but coming back towards you. Oh, great. And you watch him head over to this wall. I don't know if you can see him, but he moves to the wall and simply starts running up the wall. And he makes it uh, 10 feet up. Oh, does he have that one skill trick? Um, well, or the, is this something else? These, well, probably spider climb on, they, on his warg. Yeah, they used to feed their, their wargs potions. Yeah. Actually, it'd be better if I got the warg on there. In case you want to... That's how he killed the other one. So he killed his warg and then he fell. Mm-hmm. Well, if we learned one thing from dealing with halfling rangers in the past, it's <laughs> always melt the dog out from under him. We learned it the hard way. Yeah. Um, I think my dog's name was Maddox. <laughs> that's pretty par for course for him, too. So that's what you've seen... Hobgoblins are willing to follow you because they're terrified of you, and it's your turn. <laughs> okay, so I'll follow this path however I can. You're going south? Yeah. Okay. Because I heard Casimir. Yeah, so you got to kind of skirt around the edge there, and we'll just put these uh, Hobgoblins on the auto-follow. So can, I think I can, what did I move? 20 feet? Just yeah, now? that was 20. So let's do the 10 more. And then with my other action, is there is there a way off this platform on the east side? Like up against, or is it flush with the wall? It's flush with the wall. Okay. So I guess we'll turn it into a double move. It can't. So, so this is there's a gap right here, right? This is the end. This is the corner. Oh, okay. So now the only way to go is left. Is there a, but I could also potentially go down? Dang it. Yeah, you could hop off. Okay. Well, that's both move actions then, so next round I'll just plan to... You're wanting to go over here? No. No, okay, I thought right the, Okay. Right there I'll get that rope of climbing. Oh, okay. Try to get it to right do it. Right at the corner? Okay. Yeah, but I don't have any action left, so that's it for me. Keep my dodge up on that priestess. All right. So then, um, okay, Graham and Rohan... 
Graham, from far to the left of you, to the west, you here, and Rohan, from somewhere north of you in that room, perhaps, you here, a guttural voice casting a spell, <clears throat> putting a, a, a lot of rage into it. Oh, oh. Okay, so then, DC, got it. So now these bugbears that you can see down that way, Casimir, they're still they're fighting to free themselves. Um, the ones that are entangled, they're stubbornly fighting to make their way to you. Apparently having their friend's head explode did not deter them at all. <laughs> they might be trying to get away from that. I mean, only true adventurers want to be doused in the blood of a bugbear. <laughs> Better than those rotting corpses that always exploded on us. Yeah, until I reviewed that, I'd forgotten about them. And that's the things that we encountered immediately after our lake bath. Yeah. So we've been walking around with boots like filled with pus. <laughs> yeah, we're probably bordering on becoming aberrations. Mm -hmm. Now, we have had one night of rest, I believe, since then. So one or two? I think two because yeah. Yeah, we had one after we lost. I think we had three since we lost Graham. We had so, two since we lost Graham. And one of them does make it out of that oh. area. Gets to the edge of it and pulls up his um, his shield and, and gets into a defensive position. That's not how this works. I'm defending against you. As you start moving forward, he'll probably pee himself. No, unfortunately, I have minus intimidation. That said, I was thinking about taking the uh, tyrant feet. I always like that one. They should have something like that for... Good aligned races. Well, I think we've inspired enough fear in these things that just the rumors and whispers of what they've dealt with has been enough. Oh, yeah, but still, the charisma, it'd be like meeting someone like a, a radio jock. Yeah. And then you see them, and the, like the running gag is you got a face oh. for radio. Like, like Wayne's World. Yeah. Hey, hi. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, uh, the attractive guy. Is the uh, loud, annoying guy. Yeah, yeah Mr. Scream. <laughs> so back over where Fenrith is, he's still battling this barbed devil. And so far, it seems to be a pretty even fight. So he will do full attack action with his large flaming sword and does manage a critical hit and a hit. So a hit and a critical hit. <clears throat> So his uh, flaming sword bites deeply into the chest of this barbed devil and does a pretty significant amount of damage to it. And it still has its resistances, but it's definitely feeling pain. And its blood is spraying all over the floor and hissing as it makes contact. And that'll bring us to him. So then Graham, you see the uh, beholder now turn back your way. And it's raised itself up in the air a bit. So it's about even with that sorceress, and it's lazily floating its way back over there. Uh, its main eye is closed, but a lot of its eye stalks are looking in your direction. I'm going to get disintegrated. And he says, fools, stop them. But that's all he can do on this turn. Hopefully you'll have our artillery support here in another <laughs> round. <coughs> Just ring of ram him right in the center eyeball. <laughs> no way, man. That center eyeball is the only safe spot once those Zystocks start going. True. 
what you need to do is you need to peel off his eyelid so he can't close it. <laughs> Just grappling down the beholder so we can peel its eyelid off. That would be kind of horrible. I'd be afraid of that set of adventure. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the ultimate disgrace for a beholder. <laughs> he's talking to the other enemies and after he's gone wherever he goes when he dies. Why do you wear that eye patch? <laughs> you just don't know what they did to me, man. They peeled off my eyelid. You just don't know. I was thinking if you wanted to make a truly sadistic <coughs> villain, what you should do is write up your campaign and then have the players play the villain. Because they'll come them. up with all the ideas <laughs> that are like really horrible. Yeah, there's a couple of those where like as we're sitting around waiting for on something, right? Yeah. Where like just the talking of what the horrible things are potentially coming down the pipeline. I figure I'd just rip that all off and <laughs> use it in a different campaign. <laughs> if I ever need uh, ideas for what a horribly evil character will do, I just talk to a small child. Mm-hmm. And say, what do you think the bad guy would do here? And they will come up with the most horrific things. Grind them up and mush them. They'll cut all their fingers in half. What? Dude, joke's on you. If I'm a wizard, that just means I get to cast twice the spells. Yeah. Although I don't know if you'd be able to actually make them function. I always wanted to get a character with multiple arms so I could cast multiple spells in her own. That's what the, uh, oh, what's it called? The one where you get the appendage, the weird appendage. Oh, yeah. That's where they kind of fail on that. Like, <laughs> you should get an appendage that functions as, like, an extra hand or something. So you could, like, have a sword and shield, and then it could act as your somatic yeah. pouch or your, you know, your uh, component. Get an extra ring slot as well. <laughs> I don't think you get that. I, th- <laughs> I think that's, you're limited at two. Well, they have that, that fake hand magical item yeah. that you can get as a yeah, necklace. They? Yeah, they well, there's also a sword and there's also feats. Yeah. But yeah, like for the most part, I think you're limited on what your actual slots are. Unless, of course, like they're... What is it? What has four arms? Okay, Casimir, now it's your turn. All right. Um. So we got that guy sitting there not wanting to come forward. For now, at least. Uh, let's charge him. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to minus... Five to my attack, which will be three because of the charge. Okay. And I'll add it to my damage. This one. We need a critical on this so that we can make them realize they're more afraid of Look at of that. He just got... Oh, I didn't target the guy. Um, I think the... It's a hit, but not a critical. Use a hero point on the critical. Uh, can I? Confirm. Yeah. Okay. Do another attack roll. No, oh, wait, minus three from that. That's okay. That's a critical hit. So when you roll damage, hold down shift while you're doing it. Okay. Um, I'm minus five, so it would be plus 20 to damage because so power attack gets doubled. So put, yeah, put 20 in the modifier box and then hold down shift and roll damage. Okay. I think it. Does that look right to you? It doubled the 20. <laughs> so minus tw- uh, 20 from that. Oh, right. right. Is that what happened? Because well, the critical automatically did it, yeah. Does it? Because it's plus 42. 
yeah. right there. What's your strength and the the extra damage from your weapon? Uh, strength is six. Extra damage is two. So that would have been an extra. Should have been an extra sixteen on that anyway. Well, it's eleven uh, total because um, wielding two handed. So that's eleven. Oh. Plus 10, that's 21. So, yeah, that's okay. right. Okay, so, that's yeah, right. that's right. It didn't double the 20. Yeah. Okay. We got it. Nice. So, 52 damage to this bugbear warrior here. Um, let me see what that does to him. So, that does not outright kill him, but we're going to use we're going to use that. I mean, anytime you do over 50 damage in one, one attack, we're going to See if it kills him outright. That's that massive damage variant that I like to use. Yeah. Um, for a medium creature, it's 50, I believe. Um, hmm. So it's a fort save. Um, 15. Yeah. Unless you do one of the variants. Yeah. 50 points of damage or more. DC 15 fort save. And if this fails, you did. Mm. It was successful. So he doesn't die. <clears throat> but um, you know what I'm going to add to this variant? I'm going to say for sure he's dazed for a round. Um, then I'll set my dodge against him. And that'll be the end of my turn. Okay. Yeah, so you run forward and just you do like a flip in the air and stab your trident down. Into his lower intestine, and uh, <laughs> amazingly, he didn't die. But uh, so that's your turn, Rohan. Now we're on to you. So, Rohan, you can't see nothing. <laughs> can't see nothing. I'm blind. I mean, there's no enemies that you can see besides those that he's fighting. <laughs> but right. you, you did hear some loud spell casting up ahead and uh, that boulder's voice once again saying, Stop them, you fools. All right. So in my super speed hastiness, that was 10. I will move my one move action to there. Remember, you're up to 60 now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Give me a second. To figure something out. Yeah, it's pretty cool he did that. I always wanted something like knockdown from Shadowrun, you know, where, mm. what is it, if it's over your body? I think body, it depends on the addition, but yeah, it's usually yeah. body. Then uh, you got to check for knockdown. I think it'd be kind of easy to port something like anything over hit die or something like that, or constitution and damage. Might have some kind of fun effect. Yeah, it's a constitution score, kind of make it like drowning. Yeah. All right, Rohan, so you come around that corner and you dart up in between these two um, mechanisms, whatever they are. Um, so you can, let's see. So what it looks like to you is, oh, sorry. So you actually get to here and realize that it drops 20, oh. 20 feet to the ground below. Okay, then I will stop there. I see somebody's light. And... <laughs> Target the savage elf sorceress. So I will say that where you are, you cannot see her because this piece right here. Let me get this. The one just like 10 feet north of me. This right here is actually a platform that's above you. Oh, okay. And it travels left to right. But because of where it is and her relation to you, it actually blocks your sight of her. Okay, so 
So what? from here, you actually aren't able to see. So would I be able to activate my fly as I pass through that wind wall and and kind of go up at a diagonal? Um, so I'd be... Up. Oh, after you get through the wind? Yeah. So I'd be... I'd move forward 10 and up 10, and that would be my, my full 60. Um, I think so. Let me check something real quick. So it would put me in, I think, this square, and then up 10 feet. All your modes of movement are increased by 30, I believe. I'm reading here. Right, so it was your armor that gives you that ability, right? Mm-hmm. Not your rain. I want to make sure I didn't put any notes in the GM section saying what kind of yeah well yes we can say that you can do that so you would be right here but how high um 10 feet higher than I am than the floor right the floor that you were standing on yeah all right so that puts you 10 feet up in the air and that leaves that platform 10 feet above you okay and you do have a, a line of sight to, like, the lower half of her from there. <clears throat> That's enough for me to shoot an arrow at. Yeah, but I think the movement and then activating your th- armor would, would cover your turn. Do you disagree? Um, I thought it was a free action to activate the armor. Is it? Okay. I'll let you fire an arrow then. Wait. Before you do... So you have C invisibility. Mm-hmm. Okay, but not true sight. Nope. All right, so you can go ahead and take a shot. Okay. All right, so you took a shot. Wasted a crit. Which was a critical threat, but missed the critical. No, it hit the critical, but missed the mischance. Right, that's what I meant to say. So the mischance... That arrow sails right through where it looked like she was, but she was not there at the moment. Which, uh, is that the displacement where she actually leaves the... It's blink, where you actually leave into ethereal. Um, Displacement is uh, as if they have full cover. Yeah. Uh, Okay, yeah, that was the one that that my ranger ability doesn't cover. But here's what I'll say while you're watching her, Rohan. She does blink. When the arrow sails through where she ought to have been. Mm-hmm. But all the time you had your eyes on her, she was not blinking. She just blinked right when she needed to. Hmm. Now, you don't know what that means, but. Okay. Anyway. Anything else for your turn? Nope, that's it. Okay. So back over where Fenrith is, the battle continues with this barbed devil. And this barbed devil will do a full attack on him. And both of his attacks hit. Roll some damage. Yeah, so he slashes with both claws uh, into Venrith. And then as as he does that, he'll use his improved grab ability to start a grapple as a free action. So we'll do an opposed grapple check between Venrith and this barb devil. Venrith will get a plus four for being large. And the devil won the contest by 10. So it's got a hold and it will use its impale ability. Which will do 3d8 plus 9 points of damage to Fenrith. 
That's what almost killed me the last time. Yeah, sounds like a party. Which does another 20 points to him. So that battle is hard fought. None of you know <laughs> that. And indeed, none of you have thought of Fenrith in quite a while. <laughs> All right, so a few things start happening here. Uh, a voice sounds out from down that tunnel, Casimir. <clears throat> a um, like it's sort of high pitched, but uh, a pretty guttural. Seems like the sort of person that doesn't swallow off enough, mm. often enough. But that voice is screaming, "Let's get a sorcerer over here to dispel this." Basically, is what you hear, and the. Um, that sorceress that you had fired at continues her incantation, Rohan. Okay. But while she's doing that, she starts floating around this direction. So there is a large chain on both sides of this central platform on a reel that hooks into the ceiling. And where the bulk of that chain is rolled up, she moves behind that, which blocks sight for you, Rohan. Okay. And actually, Graham, you can't see her anymore either when she gets to that point. <clears throat> but, Rohan, you also happen to notice, as you see movement from the corner of your eye, on the far wall, you see um, a, a halfling riding a warg along the wall, like up near the ceiling. I wish I could say that was abnormal, but... I would just love to dispel whatever it is, like their spider walk or climb. It happens when they die. And just watch them fall into the lava. I think you're so special. And you just catch them for a moment as they're moving towards the east there. Graham, that brings us to you. Okay, let's command this rope of climbing to go down and attach itself. Is there something I can attach it to here? On the map? Uh, no. Um, well, yeah, the chain. Okay. So, yeah, I guess I'm still doing this blindly, so let me get you a use magic device. I'd say you're successful there. Okay. Um, for now, I'll stay there, or maybe I'll stand off to the side and motion the hobgoblins to get down the rope. All right, so, yeah, you... You use magic device, and basically this, um, you give the command word, this rope ties itself around that chain, secures itself. Yeah, and I guess with, um, I'll make sure I have both daggers ready to go now that my other hand's free, and we'll call that good. Was it wrong that I picture Graham just having a switchblade? <laughs> All right, so cool. the... The hobgoblins file forward, and without question, they this first one takes hold of the rope and starts climbing down. So, um, from where you are, uh, climbing down would would reach ground level with the flames. It wouldn't reach the level that say like Rohan's or Ro that the rest of the people are on. Okay. But um, I don't know. I can't see any of the the terrain features really to the south, so we're just winging it. Okay. 
Right. So the hobgoblins, they follow your lead. That first one um, takes the rope and steps off the edge there and starts climbing down. And as uh, he steps by you, you see their um, horrifically emaciated forms. <laughs> and it's clear right away that the first one doesn't have the strength to hold to his own it. weight. And he just slides down the rope at full speed and hits the ground. It's not in lava. Casimir gets his wish. <laughs> so you can hear at that point, or you feel at that point that blood tooth presence, like um, <laughs> emotions welling up, you know, p- uh, pity oh. and sorrow. It doesn't sound like blood tooth. Well, I'm doing what I can, right, to have that rope not itself, but I don't know if it can do that for sure. I think it sounds like blood tooth. Pity that he didn't get to kill it itself. Unless yeah. it's the other persona, right? Yeah. That, that's in line with that too. Not the killing it part, but that, that it died needlessly. How far down is it to the next area? So um, this platform is 20 feet above ground level and 40 feet above the ground that he just fell to. So we're actually going to a lower level than... Yeah, the lower level, which is where this... Um, flames and you can see it nobody else can really see so i haven't described it but it's a giant forge it's what it is somewhere somehow it's fed by or seems to be a pool of lava which you can see the apparatus is present somehow to draw it into these machines or these devices or whatever they are to um, put it to use but down on that floor that's 40 feet from where you're standing. <laughs> Can you two climb better than that guy? Don't worry, he'll cushion your fall. <laughs> no, it's only 35 feet. <laughs> and if you two mess up, it'll only be 30. <laughs> now get on the rope. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing he's still disguised as the savage. Yeah, it's, uh, when you got up, I was telling Travis that I picture Graham with a switchblade. Yeah. I think that kind of fits his persona now, too. Is All right, so, um, Casimir. Yeah. The bugbear sergeant uh, makes it out of this entanglement as well and is able to attack you. Okay. This one's wielding a spike chain, and he's got it swinging, and he's, you know, Doing the intricate chain mastery things that you do. Not just a second. Uh, no, not 12 minus 2. There you go. I really wish dodge for purposes of modernization, which is plus 1 against all. That's in yeah. path. That's another difference. Yeah. Uh, but he's actually going to try and trip you with it. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so he'll need to do a touch attack against you. So would a 22 hit you for touch? Uh, Yeah. Hit. Actually, my touch ain't that bad because of uh, shield. Uh, I was going to say. All right, so now. let's do the opposed strength or dex, whichever you. I think I only get my bonus when I'm making the, uh, whatchamacallit. Yeah. So I'll just roll that. Come on. There you go. Oh, 
All right, so he got a 21. All right. Yeah, so he sweeps your feet out from under you, making you prone. All right, so the spearman, he should also be able to make it out if he can make his reflex. So he will make it to, he'll make it out as well. And who do we got left? Oh, we make so down this, um, down that tunnel, you can hear a lot of them cursing and fighting, trying to break free. And you do hear the random snapping of vines and branches and whatever random thing is in there. And this, um, <clears throat> this one in front of you that you had done severe damage to is not able to capitalize at the moment because he's just so dazed by the damage he took. And Fenrith, back on the attack. <clears throat> he's going to, even though he's grappled, he's going to attempt to cast a spell to concentration. Nice. So he's going to cast freedom of movement on himself. <clears throat> and then we come to him. So this guy, the beholder will move over in this direction. <clears throat> and he opens. No, he's too smart to do that. We'll do a double move here. Now, so Rohan, you see that beholder um, float around that corner. And uh, his eyes, his big eyes still closed, but his eye stalks are moving all about. And clearly some are pointed right at you. I need to check what the action is for him to... Well, at least now I have enough hit points that I won't instantly be disintegrated. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Yep. Yeah, so he does. It's not an action. So he gets to this point, and he opens his large eye, mm -mm. pointed this direction. Goes much further, obviously, but that's not important. <clears throat> and that shuts down all the magic in the space, which does get rid of that wind wall eventually. Also shuts off that rope. <clears throat> Graham. Does it still stay... Secured there, or does it unravel itself? Yeah, it, it just unravels and, you know, falls onto the platform, that part that was wrapped around the chain. Now, I was kind of curious. I can't see him. Does, does like, line of sight and stuff, like, if you have cover, does that still impact it? Or? Oh, yeah, good point. Good point. I mean, if it takes that rope away, it might save these other hobgoblins' <laughs> life, but they'll probably just lemming themselves into an early death somewhere else. Yeah, now, use, <laughs> form a chain. I'm not sure if it's line of sight or effect. So, there is quite a bit at stake, so I guess it would behoove us to make sure. Yeah, so... <clears throat> Function like an anti-magic field? Yeah, anti-magic field. And then that, if I remember right, that would just be the area, not necessarily line of sight. Right. Radius emanation. Yeah. <clears throat> if anybody's got a good argument, I'd say just anything in that area. Yeah, that's what it looks like. <coughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah. It, um, which... Untang that rope would just untangle and lay there. I mean, it doesn't fall down, but 
just laying on the platform, uncoiled from the chain. Let's see. Oh, well, it does say. Yeah, never mind. We'll go with it. No, it's all right if you found something. Well, under the air, because it's an area emanation. Well, I'm going the based off of anti-magic field, right? So it's a 10-foot radius emanation for its area listing. So burst, emanation, or spread are all in the same line, right? Mm-hmm. And it says it can't affect creatures with total cover from its point of origin. In other words, its effects don't extend around corners. Well, I mean, he's 30 feet up in the air. Right. So there's nothing blocking his sight to you. Is, okay, well, I... There? The only reason I brought that up is because I couldn't see his token, so I thought that we might have had cover relative to each other. But if that's not the case, then it, it would work. Oh, I got you. No, you just can't see as well, your vision. But he can see you. <clears throat> All right, so that's him. He moves over there. Ron, you can feel all your magic turned off. Yeah, I should float to the ground. Um why would you float? Uh, the fly spell, it says if it's dispelled or deactivated, then you float gently to the ground for 1d6 rounds. Hmm. The only way to not have that happen, what was it? It was, it was some way of doing it. So, yeah, the <clears throat> anyhow, for future reference, the terminology you want for going around corners in the area of effect is spread. Oh, no. So, like, obscuring mist has a spread. But anti-magic field doesn't? Um, that's a, an emanation, which functions just like a burst, except it's continually I got going for the okay. duration. And burst is blocked by total cover, but not any lesser cover. Totally. And I think it mm-hmm. says they go, the default shape for an emanation or burst is a sphere. So cone, does it also go up as high as it goes a cone? Yeah, so it would be like yeah, three-dimensional. Should be, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. a cone is a three-dimensional object, yeah. Yeah, the anti-magic field is actually the exception to that. Yeah. Any other way of dispelling it? Well, wait now. So for fly, since dispelling a spell effectively ends it, the subject also descends in this way if it's dispelled, but not if it's yeah, negated. Yeah, not if, well, not if it's negated by an anti-magic field specifically. <laughs> yeah. Which this is. So, yeah, I would just, yeah. Follow, I would just follow the 10 feet. Uh, You're not over lava? No, he's okay. not. <laughs> okay. Not yet. I was already getting the, uh, it's a cone, so if you fall outside the cone, a bunch of stuff reactivates, hopefully yeah. before you hit lava. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's its turn. That's a good place to take a break and eat some food. All right. This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.